And a very good Friday morning, afternoon, evening, everyone. Joe Beningo back with you again, the Old The Pain podcast. It is Friday. It is March the 1st. February is over. Thank you, Lord. 2024, the Joe Beningo The Pain podcast brought to you by the Hackensack Brewing Company. And uh, we'll give you later on the uh, when the next, we have the date now for the next live podcast coming up. We'll let you know in a little bit. Um, of course, I need a discount tire. And, of course, our friends at DraftKings. You know, I got to start with all this nonsense with McCall Hardman and the Jets. And, of course, the, uh, the NFL Combine's going on right now in Indianapolis. Next week, I believe it's next week, or maybe another 10 days till free agency starts. You know, the draft not until the end of April. But what, how, what, are you kidding me with this guy, Hardman? So the Jets signed him to this big contract. And, and look, I mean, I, whatever the deal was, why they didn't use him, why he wasn't playing, I, I don't know the answer to that. <clears throat> I really don't know, right? I understand uh, uh, the kid Gibson, Xavier Gibson, beat him out, whatever you want, you know, whatever you want to say about that. Uh, I, I, so I don't get it. But how about the fact that Hardman, in the middle of the year, is basically calling up the Chiefs, the Chief GM, and Patrick Mahomes and basically saying, get me out of here. What? Get me out of here, he says. And, of course, eventually now the Jets do trade him to Kansas City. And, of course, as as it could only happen to my team, McCall Hardman winds up catching the game-winning pass in the freaking Super Bowl. Of course he did. Why not? And then didn't even realize he did. Patrick Mahomes had to come up to him and say, oh, by the way, we just won the Super Bowl. Uh, hello? Uh, but, I mean, that's unbelievable. And now we're hearing, I guess, there's claims as well. <clears throat> I guess a couple of the Jets uh, have come out and, and uh, made comments that apparently this guy was given the offensive game plan to the opponents before games. I guess he did it in the Eagle game, the game the Jets actually won, and in the game against the Chiefs, which the Jets probably should have won. Can you, right. My wife says, could you say a-hole? I mean, come on. I mean, it's just unbelievable. <laughs> how is that possible? And, and I, and, you know, I guess they asked Joe Douglas and I don't know how much they can do, you know, <clears throat> about the, you know, investigating <clears throat> to see whether he gave the, uh, the game plan to other teams or not. But one thing it could definitely do, I mean, obviously they can check into it because if, if he called the chiefs to, to, you know, to get him out of New York, while he was still playing for the Jets and under contract, you know, there could be some draft compensation coming to Jets' way for that because that's tampering. Oh, wow. Yeah. So only only the Jets can can this kind of crap happen. I mean, I you know, what else? But, you know, to me, this is symptomatic of what this franchise has been forever. I mean, I, I you know, they've been a poorly run franchise, you know, basically for the last 55 years. You know, there's been – I guess there's been moments when they haven't been, you know, the Parcells era – a little bit in the early days of Rex Ryan, you know, maybe when Herman was there, you know, there was some, there was some moments, you know, when my, Walt Michaels was coaching the team, there's been sporadic moments when this franchise has really been, you know, run like a, a, a solid NFL franchise. But for the most part, it's been a joke. And let's be honest, we have had two of the worst owners you could ever have. Now, Leon Hess might have been one of the great humanitarians and one of the nicest guys. You hear nothing but that. He was a tough guy. You know, he was out there with the, uh, you know, in the Middle East with the moolahs and, and, you know, with all the oil and all the stuff he was involved with then. So I, he was, he's a tough dude. I mean, there's no doubt he was involved with Saudi Arabia and all of that stuff. 
you know, with the oil business. So this was no, this was no faith of heart guy. But as far as a, an NFL owner, he was terrible. And it's the same thing with Woody Johnson. You know, Woody Johnson's got this conglomerate with Johnson and Johnson. And I got it, you know, I was very happy. Uh, and I don't want to get into this too much, but I was very happy to see, you know, Woody the other day, uh, you know, his off the field, his away from the football stuff. I'm down with Woody all the way on that. But as far as an owner goes, come on, give me a freaking break. He's been a terrible owner. And his franchises run brutally. I mean, there's no other way to say it. And he finally came out. And finally, even though he didn't give a complete mandate, he didn't say the words, we have to make the playoffs. I mean, he basically did say that. And it's time now. To, the, the bullshit's got to stop now with this franchise. It's now or never. It's now or never. And they have to win this year. They have to at least make the playoffs. And, and it's that's not even good enough. It's time to make a run. It's time for this team to <clears throat> to move <clears throat> into the higher echelon of teams in the National Football League. Not to be down on the bottom somewhere where they always are. And we'll see what they do. They're at the combines now. You know, everybody knows the deal. They need an offensive lineman. I, I, you know, they need an offensive lineman, period. And I didn't understand this. And I understand Lakin Tomlinson was not the best player. I get it. You know, yeah, he, he, he didn't play great for the last couple of years. But here's the thing about Tomlinson on the offensive line. He played every game. He was the one constant in the last couple. He played every game for the last couple of years. He was he was available. And what do we always say? <clears throat> what is the greatest trait in sports or in anything, right? Right? Availability. The greatest ability is availability. And Lakin Tomlinson was playing all the time. And I, I'll say this. If he had better guys around him, if he wasn't playing next to Makai Becton, you know, Maybe he would have been a lot better player. So I didn't quite, I know they saved $8 million in cap space. I get that. I understand that aspect of it. But I was a little surprised for a team that got, that needs offensive linemen as bad as they do. And here you got one guy that actually played the entire year last year where they were, you know, everybody else was going down like flies. I was a little surprised that they let him go. Now we'll see what happens with the, you know, uh, as far as what they do in the first round of the draft, we'll see what happens. They got the 10th pick overall. You got those three big offensive linemen that are out there. I don't know if they're going to be there when the Jets pick. The kid from the, the two guys, I can't even say their name. The one guy from Penn State, the one guy from Oregon State, and, and the one guy who you can't say his name, Joe Alt from Notre Dame. You know, if one of those three guys are there, I would, expect, I would expect that the Jets will take them. They're all offensive tackles. Now, you're also hearing the very real possibility that the Jets at 10 might take Brock Bowers, the All-American all tight end from Georgia, who is a tremendous player. I mean, saw them play a lot. He's playing on a team that won two national championships there. You know, they, they were always in the mix. I mean, they, you know, they had their 29-game winning streak ended in the uh, SEC championship game by Alabama and probably still should have been in the Final Four, but whatever, whatever. The only knock on Bowers is that he got hurt late in the season. He was kind of he was in and out of the uh, lineup last year. Uh, did not play in the bowl game when uh, Georgia absolutely wiped out Florida State. When Florida State decided everybody decided they didn't want to play, they all were transferring or getting ready for the NFL. While the Georgia players actually all played, and even though Bowers was out for that game, he actually was on the sideline with his team. What a concept! So you know, <clears throat> anyway. 
So the possibility of taking Bowers, and look, you know, we all know that the Jets need another guy opposite Garrett Wilson, but he doesn't necessarily have to be a wide receiver. He could certainly be a tight end, and God knows, you know, we've seen what the, what kind of an impact the big-time tight end can make. Just look at Travis Kelsey. Just look at Gronkowski uh, with the Patriots in the last few years. And this kid is good. So we'll see what they do. But they're at the Combines now, and uh, we'll see. But the whole thing with McCall Hardman, it's so Jet-like. I mean, let's be honest. <clears throat> this is the kind of crap that always seems to happen with this franchise. And maybe, maybe it'll work out for them. Maybe they'll get some kind of draft compensation. Maybe it'll be proved that there was tampering going on between the Chiefs and the Jets. And uh, we'll see. We'll see how it plays out when all is said and done. But uh, it really, this is a big year. This is a must-win year for the New York Jets, for Joe Douglas, for Robert Sala, uh, you know, for everybody involved. This is a must-win year for uh, Nathaniel Hackett, Everybody, Jeff Ulbrich, everybody. This is a must-win year for this franchise. And we all know what they got to do. We talked about the offensive line. You know, we talked about another impact offense, you know, uh, a skill player, like a guy like Bowers. We talked about that. Obviously, the health of Aaron Rodgers is imperative. And probably the biggest move that they're going to make all year, probably the biggest move they're going to make, who are they going to sign as a backup quarterback? Now, God knows they need a veteran backup. And I, you know, look, I mean, to me, Jacoby Brissett would be the best guy, right? I like Tyrod Taylor a lot, but Tyrod Taylor, we've talked about it endlessly. He's hurt all the time. He's constantly injured. Uh, So that's the one thing that worries me. He's very good, but, you know, seems like he gets hurt every year. There was word about Tannehill, who I don't don't mind him. And now you're hearing even Sam Howell um, uh, of Washington who really wasn't – I mean, as, as far – I know a lot of people say, oh, Sam Howell, but you know what? As a backup quarterback, I mean, he's not terrible. I mean, you could win games with him. You know, we're not talking about him being the starter. I mean, if he winds up being the starter, you got a problem. But he, but I've said this too, and this, this, is, this is for this, this organization going into this season. Even if Rodgers goes down, they have got to make – still have to make the playoffs. I don't care what happens at that, with that situation – if Rodgers misses, you know, five, six games this year, they still have to make the playoffs. There's no gray area. And as far as the other side of the football, the defensive side of the football, by the way, Bryce Huff is gone. Forget it. Bryce Huff is not coming back to this team. You could hear, you know, some of the comments from Joe Douglas and, you know, they're going to let Bryce test free agency. He's gone. They can't franchise him because the – the franchise tag for a, a, an elite pass rusher. The guy had 10 sacks last year, even though he didn't play a lot. You know, he's a, he plays only limited. He's really a uh, strictly just that, just a pass rusher. That's really all he is. That's, that's the only time he really plays. He doesn't really play during, you know, every down. Of, you know, he's not playing uh, three downs every time. So, but the uh, franchise tag for a, a pass rusher is like $17, 18000000 million. So, the Jets are not going to franchise him. And, look, they, they drafted the kid McDonald. You know, he's probably going to wind up uh, filling in what the slot that Bryce Huff will leave. But I'm telling you right now, Jet fans, say goodbye to him. There, He is not coming back. He'll be somewhere else. So don't even uh, delusion yourself into thinking <clears throat> that he's coming back. But one thing about the defense, and I told this to Salah after the AFC title game, 
and watching the way Spagnola went after Lamar Jackson and basically shut him down as Kansas City went on to win the whole thing yet again, right? They got to be more aggressive this defense. Defense is good. We got a good defense, no doubt. Top D, one of the top defenses in the league. It's a top top 10 defense, but they got to get more aggressive. They got to blitz more. They don't blitz enough. This idea that you can get there all the time with just a four-man pass rush, no. That's not how it works. Not in this league. Not if you're going up against a big-time offensive line. You got to go after the quarterback. I'm sorry. And they got to blitz more, especially when you're looking at the kind of a secondary they have when you got an all-pro and source guard on one side where they don't even throw the ball his way, all right? You watch the Jet games. You know, one of the reasons he didn't have an interception last year, well, he did drop a big one that should have been a touchdown in Dallas early in the year, but, you know. But one of the reasons that he didn't have an interception last year, they don't throw at him. You don't even know he's on a field, right? And DJ Reed was on the other side. He got beat a little bit, especially late in the season. Jason Waddle comes to mind, you know. So he's he had some problems late in the year, no doubt about it. But still, he's still a top corner. And you got Michael Carter, who's probably, you know, as good a slot guy, maybe next to the kid McDuffie in Kansas City, you know, is the best slot, slot corner in football. So when you got those kind of guys in the secondary, <clears throat> there's no reason that you shouldn't be blitzing and blitz more. So I want to see more of that this year. I got to see that, man. I got to see this defense now go from being a good defense to being a great defense. You know, DJ Reed talked about the 85 Bears last year. Let's not get delusional here, okay? But for them to take the step up to being, you know, anywhere near that caliber of defense, one thing that one thing that those defenses did, you watch that Bear defense, the 46 defense and all that, Buddy Ryan blitzed all the time, all the time. And I mean, and that's what you got to do. When Rex Ryan was here, we blitzed all the time when we had Cromartie and Revis at corners. And then you got to go after the quarterback. You saw Spagnola. Look what he did in the playoffs. And he's, let's be honest, right now, Steve Spagnola is the uh, premier, right? He is the premier defensive coordinator in football right now, right? One of the greats of all time. He's won, what, four Super Bowls now as a D coordinator? And his game plan against Lamar Jackson was brilliant. And that's what you got to do. You got to go after the quarterback. You know, there's no more. You can't just rush four guys and let guys like Joe Flacco, you know, or, uh, you know, uh, Mac Jones early in the year just sit back there and beat you when you're not going after them, especially guys like that that have no mobility. Terrible. So I got to see more from the defense this year. But uh, this is a big year for Douglas. He wants the year for Salah. They got to win this year. There's no gray area they got to fix the offensive line they got to add another skill guy for sure uh they got to get a legitimate veteran backup quarterback and hopefully Rodgers is going to be healthy and I'll tell you something else too let's be real about this at some point this franchise has got to bring in a young quarterback I mean you know how, how many years does Rodgers have left they got to do that and I'm going to say this, if Michael Penix, because a lot of people are down on Penix, right? Because he, you know, he played six years. He was at Indiana four years, two years at Washington. Guy played, guy played, you know, he, he like almost had like a, a uh, an NFL career already, this guy. <laughs> and he's a little older. I think he's 25 or whatever he is coming into the NFL. But people are concerned about him because of his, he's had major injuries in his college career. If he's sitting there in the third round, I'm taking him. 
if I'm the Jets. I take a shot at him. Why not? They got to come up with a young quarterback at some point. There's no doubt about it. But this is a monster year for the Jets. And look, the BS crap that's go- that happened like last year with McCole Hardman, this is the kind of thing that, that really seems to happen too often with this franchise. So we'll see what happens going forward. All right, Peningo, the Yoda Payne podcast. Let's get our sponsors in here. I mentioned uh, at the top that uh, we have nailed down, the boss has now nailed down the um, the date for the next live podcast at the Hackensack Brewing Company. So it's going to be March the 29th, which is a Friday. Friday, March the 29th, right before, right at the very beginning of the baseball season. Met fans can't wait for that, right? Right at the beginning of baseball season, uh, we will be doing our next live podcast at the Hackensack Brewing Company, March the 29th. And you know the deal on that. The Brewing Company, uh, located 10 minutes off the George Washington Bridge, less than 30 seconds off Route 4. And who needs a house out in Hackensack? And I counted that by saying, not that I love New Jersey, but I counted that by saying, who needs a house out in Oyster Bay? Because... (laughs) You could say whatever the hell you want about Jersey. New York's 100 times worse. So, you know. Uh, but anyway, we don't want to get into all that. But nevertheless, uh, the tap room's open 4.30 to 10 Monday through Friday, 2 to 10 Saturday, 12 to 8 Sunday, 78 Johnson Avenue in Hackensack, right behind the tombstones. No tombstone for me there yet, but it's 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 closing in. Anyway, hey, it's closing in. Anyway, uh, <clears throat> where was I? Uh, I'm, I'm losing my train of thought. So anyway, go check it out. I believe the new beer is out now. I believe that TJ has it in Nick colors now. I've heard he's going to do Nick's and Ranger colors just in time for the playoffs. So we'll see. And that's the other thing. By March 29th, well, the seasons won't be over yet on March 29th. But I think we'll have a good idea uh, what the uh, how we look as far as the Rangers and the Knicks uh, in playoff uh, position. Still a little bit. Still probably almost a month or a couple of weeks to go in the regular seasons after that. But but nevertheless, um, but check out my Oda Payne beer. Remember, you got the Jet beer, you got the Met beer. And I guess uh, TJ now is working on both Nick and uh, Ranger labeling. So you want to check that out. Uh, go see Mike Jones. Go see TJ. Everybody over there, Andre to Homish Booker, 78 Johnson Avenue in Hackensack. And again, the next live podcast, March, Friday, March the 29th. And of course, if you need work done on your car, uh, whatever you need, you need uh, tires, you need whatever automotive needs you have, you need your car inspected, go see my uh, son Johnny at a needed discount tire in beautiful Rivervale, New Jersey on Westwood Avenue. They'll take care of you. Uh, they do a great job over there. Uh, you know, see Harry, see Johnny, see everybody over there, whatever you need. Again, Rivervale, New Jersey, Westwood Avenue, Anita discount tire, and tell them uh, Joe B sent you. And finally, of course, DraftKings, you want to bet on anything? You got the NCAA tournament now right around the corner. Uh, You want to bet on the NBA, the NHL. You want to bet on soccer. You want to bet on the golf. You got the, uh, uh, I don't even know what they call the tournament this week, but it's at the PGA National. used to be the Honda Classic. Now it's the, I think it's got a crazy kind of name, whatever it is. But uh, Chaz Remy, Remy was the leader after the first round. One of the best courses there is. PGA National, water everywhere. I'm watching guys yesterday, you know, hitting shots out of the water. They're pulling their pants up, you know, <laughs> taking their shoes off, hitting the ball out of the water. One guy didn't get out of the water with it. 
Um, you know. Classic. Yeah, Cognizant Classic. That's what they call it now. That's the new sponsor at uh, PGA National. But nevertheless, Chaz Ramey, and who, he's tied with somebody. Who's the, who's that? Who's tied with Ramey for the lead? Do you have the leaderboard there? Uh, yeah. There's two guys at seven under, Ramey and another guy. Well, Boozy Luke. Oh, he's up there now? Well, he's did they start stuck. playing already? I guess they probably did. It's who's the leader now? Round two is Ramey right now, but he doesn't tee off until 12-18. Yeah. But Boozin who? He's behind him. He's seven under two. Boozin who? Six under. Oh, okay. So the other guy dropped back, huh? Lee was at Lee was at seven under, so he must have dropped. There's a ton at six under. Yeah, he must have dropped. Okay, but Chaz Ramey is the leader. But it's a great course. And I tell you, if you ever get a chance, if I ever play, if you ever play there, you better bring a lot of balls because you (laughs) you are losing balls if you play a PGA National. If you play a PGA National, you play 18 there. And you go without losing a ball, you played a hell of a round. I can tell you that. But anyway, uh, check out DraftKings, whatever you want to bet on. Um, uh, you know, use the uh, code O to pain, and uh, that's the way to go. You get bonus points when you do that. Uh, if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Visit www.1800gambler.net. Check it out. The only way to go, and that is DraftKings. All right, Beningo. The Oda Payne podcast. Want to get a little bit into the Knicks. The Knicks are in trouble. I mean, I, you know, they lost last night to Golden State. You know, the injuries have really caught up to them. After they had that big run, after they made the Ananobi trade, they went 15-2. and two. Ever since then, they're 4-8 and eight for the month of February. They've lost uh, their last two in a row. They were lucky to win the game the other night when they beat Detroit. They were real lucky. They got a uh, a brutal no call that went the Knicks way. Josh Hart got that layup to win the game. They've lost their last couple of games since then. Uh, they lost to who was it? Orlando beat them, and then they wind up losing the other night. Uh, last night to to Golden State. Golden State had a 14-0 lead to start the game and really never looked back. The Knicks did cut it, I believe, to four at one point, but that's as close as they got. Here's the bottom line: the Knicks are at 35 and 25 right now. Here's the bottom line. All right. If they don't get Julius Randle and OG Ananobi back, and dare I say even Mitchell Robinson back, forget it. Forget about it. They may make the playoffs, but, you know, they may wind up being in the play-in tournament. And there's only so much Jalen Brunson and DiVincenzo and these guys could do. <clears throat> Let's be honest. Boyan Bogdanovich, there's only so much they can do right now. Josh Hart, they need the big guys. They need Randle. They need Ananobi for sure if they're going to make a run any kind of big run in the playoffs. And let's be honest, Brunson's getting the crap beat out of him. I mean, he didn't play the other night in Orlando. He had to sit out with neck spasms. Um, Played last night, and he just gets the crap beat out of him. Everybody knows that he's the guy. He's the guy with the ball. You know, he's he's become almost the poor man's Allen Iverson. Really, that's the kind of way, that's the way he plays. He plays fearless. He plays reckless. But they miss Randall. And they miss Ananobi. You know, for everybody who was sold down on Julius Randle, uh, you know, the Knicks got to get rid of him. No, 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 no. You see how valuable he is to this team now. So uh, we'll see what happens. But uh, you can't feel good about the state of the Knicks right now. I mean, you you were all pumped up. You know, when they're 100% and they got everybody, everybody 100% healthy there, I think they're a legitimate, you know, uh, championship contender. I really do. 
You know, maybe they're not as good as Boston, but I think they could beat anybody else. And who knows if they are, if they are at full capacity, maybe you could beat the, the Celtics too. the hated Celtics as well. Maybe, you know, by the way, how much can't you stand Porzingis on the Celtics? Oh God. You know, this guy, <clears throat> this guy's all happy now. He's on the best team in the league. He's playing great. This bastard couldn't wait to get the hell out of New York. Couldn't wait. Couldn't wait. And as far as I'm concerned, he can't get booed enough. I re- I, I, I mean it, man. I, I can't stand the guy. And the fact that he's in Boston now just makes me hate him even more. I'm sorry. I got to take a drink of water when I think about Poisingus. Piece of shit. Sorry. Sorry to swear, but I have to. Right? He's hitting threes. He's doing this. Oh, Poisingus. Oh, please. <clears throat> what a disgrace. But anyway, anyway, um, yeah, if the Knicks don't get healthy, uh, it's not going to end well in the playoffs. I mean, I, I you know, I, and like I said, you know, let's hope that they can stay out of that seven, you know, that play in, you know, that you don't want to be there. That's for sure. So we'll see where we go from here. But right now, the Knicks, a very, very banged up basketball team. No doubt about it. 35 and 25. So what is that? 60 games. So now. Right, so they play. So they got 22 games to play. So, you know, we'll see. But they really, <clears throat> they need Randall, and God knows they need Ananobi and Randall if they're going to make any kind of big run in the playoffs. All right, Beningo, the Oda Pay Podcast. Then you got the other team at Madison Square Garden that just completed an unbelievable February. They went 10 and one in February. Uh, they've won 11 of the last 12, and that, of course, is the Rangers. The Rangers uh, have the most wins of anybody in hockey. They got 40 wins. They're the first team. To get there, as a matter of fact, uh, they tied the 72-73 Rangers for the uh, mo- shortest to 40, uh, quickest to 40 wins in a season. Now, if I'm not mistaken, do me do me a favor, Tim. I'm not 100% sure. The 73 Rangers lost in the playoffs to the Flyers. Did they beat the Bruins in the first round and lose to the Flyers in the second round? I'm not sure. But anyway, the uh, my wife will check it out for me. Um, but the Rangers are flying. 40, they're 40, 17, and 3, really 40 and 20 if you want to look at it this way. They got 83 points. They're tied for the most points in the league. And here's the big key right now for you if you're a Ranger fan, and that is that Igor Shesterkin is black, back to playing at the very top of his game. I mean, he was 7-0. and 0. He's, won, he's 7-0 and 0 in his last seven starts. I think, he, I, think he's, I, think, I think the number is he's saved 149 out of 153 shots like a 970 save percentage. He's been brilliant, no doubt about it. <clears throat> Continues to play great. And I, and look, I mean, uh, the trade deadline, of course, is coming. March 8th, I believe, is the trade deadline. And I guess the Rangers, there's a couple things they need. Obviously, Philip Heedle is done for the year with that concussion. It looks like they lost Blake Wheeler. I guess they're in discussion with the Anaheim Ducks about maybe trading. And I don't know, Capo Caco might get traded here. But they're looking at uh, Frank Vitrano, who was with the Rangers last year at the end, and Adam Henrique, the former uh, New Jersey Devil, maybe some kind of a deal to get those guys and bring them to the Garden. Because one, they got to me, the big glaring weakness that the Rangers have, who is the guy on the other side of the Kreider Zabanajad line, right? You've seen Wheeler there. You've seen uh, Kako's been playing there lately. It's kind of been, you know, Jimmy VC's been on there a little bit. It's kind of been a revolving door 
So, you know, that's one area that maybe the Rangers are looking at. Maybe you want to bring in another defenseman. I think they should hold on and keep Matt Rempe, keep this kid playing. I think he's been absolutely phenomenal for the Rangers. I really do. And he doesn't need to fight all the time, but, you know, he can skate. Him and uh, the kid uh, Edstrom, I like both of them, the two six foot seven, six foot eight guys. So the Rangers playing great right now. The bottom line is, as we all know, the Rangers have to win it all. You know, there's no way around it. And Shesterkin's been fabulous now. He's back, you know, after a tough early part of the season. You know, Temi Panarin's playing at an MVP Hart Trophy level. He's already got a career high with 35 goals. Uh, I believe he's only the uh, third Ranger ever. Did I see that? Only the third Ranger ever to have four years in a row of 80 points or more. And the other two guys, I believe, are Joe Bear and Messier. So, you know, that's pretty uh, heavy-duty company there. So Panarin's been unbelievable. That line with him, Lafonniere, and Trocek has been their best line all year. Uh, so we'll see. But this team is hitting on all cylinders right now. And if you're a Ranger fan, man, you got to be very happy what you see. But the bottom line is it's all about what they do in the playoffs. It's all about the playoffs. And they got to make a big run. They got to win the cup. Let's be honest. It's going to be 30 years this year since they won the last one. And it was 54 before that uh, that they had, hadn't won. So we'll see what's happening uh, as uh, uh, we get closer and closer to the end of the year. 22 games as well left for the Rangers in the regular season. As, as I said, 83 points, tied for the most in the league, and uh, 40 wins, the most right now in the NHL. They will play Saturday. They'll go up to uh, Toronto to play the Maple Leafs. That's their next game coming up on Saturday. They, what they did in the play, it's too late now because we're at the end, but oh. I want you'll show it to me anyway. Okay. Let me just see quick. You got the 73 where they ended? Yeah, they lost to the uh, Who? Flyers. They did lose to the Flyers, so yeah. I was right. 73, they lost to the Flyers in the, uh, yeah. in the second round. 